You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. The book of Galatians, chapter number five this morning is where we're going to take our text. I've mentioned this in previous weeks, but I want to mention it again this time, is that the reason that I got into this study, and this is really, yes, we did this study years ago. Uh, this is more of a 2.0 version. We've, uh, I've, I've, I've dug deeper and uh, gone a little bit more extensive in my, my personal studies and personal understanding on it, and I'm sharing that, so there's that. But then there's also the fact that the, the church has grown quite a bit since we did that study. Now, of course... We came back and we started this study with two, two weeks before we actually started meeting together. I started teaching this in Sunday school uh, on uh, Facebook, uh, and uh, I, th- I think it was going out on the podcast as well. So, uh, but I'm, I'm saying all that to say that it's still been a blessing, and uh, before we get into this morning's uh, lesson, because we've been talking about why are you the way that you are, and I asked myself this, that question this morning as I'm you know, sitting down and printing some stuff off at the last minute and then remembering that I wasn't ready for church yet, then running out of my office and trying to get ready. And, uh, and I was like, man, why are you this way? Uh, so I literally asked myself the question this morning, why are you the way that you are? You know, in frustration. But, but today I just kind of want to transition into uh, being who God made you to be, being who God made you to be. So understanding why we are the way that we are, but, but one of the main things is that we do not want to excuse our weaknesses uh, by saying, hey, well, man, we've been learning about it in Sunday school. It's just the way I am. Uh, you know, and uh, do n- this is not meant to excuse it. We are the way we are for a reason, and that reason ultimately is God allowed us to be the way we are so that he could use us for the sp- a specific purpose and reason. Uh, and due to the fall uh, and our sinful nature, that's where we see the, the, the bad side. But I, I'm gonna ha- I didn't get time to get these printed off, but I'm just going to give these to you quickly. Um, I've got uh, a couple of pages, and this is just, it's kind of funny, really, honestly. But I've got, I've got two pages that have all four strengths on it. And then I've got four pages that have the weaknesses. And I don't know, it's just... Uh, the way that it is, I suppose, but uh, the strengths, I'm just going to hit the headlines of strengths. Sanguine strengths, uh, the first one is enjoying. Uh, a sanguine knows how to enjoy life. Uh, that's a strength. Uh, they know how to enjoy people around them. Uh, optimism, sanguines are optimistic. That's a strength of, uh, of sanguines. Uh, friendly uh, is a strength. Compassionate, uh, there's a genuine care, although albeit sometimes just in the moment, but there is a, con- a genuine care of compassion with sanguines. Um, so that's a couple of the strengths. Uh, the choleric strengths, strong-willed, strong-willed. Again, I say this, to, I believe Evan's phlegmatic uh, choleric, uh, so these kind of go together in a stubbornness, but I compliment him a lot on his stubbornness and on his self-willed uh, way, but I, I because I I will I'll have to just say Evan I'm glad that you because he's not one that just generally goes along with the crowd and uh, he's not one. But again, so being strong-willed uh, is a strength. Uh, 
and I'll get to the weakness side in a minute, but I'm just giving the strengths right now. Uh, other strength of the choleric, strong-willed, practical, practical, um, a leader, opt and optimistic. Those are some of the strengths of the choleric. Uh, some of the strengths of the melancholy. Okay, we'll just skip to phlegmatic now. The strengths of the phlegmatic. I'm just kidding because if you're melancholy, you're, you're not going to get over that for a week now. That was cruel. Uh, but uh, uh, no, the strengths of the melancholy is sensitivity, being sensitive. Um, and again, not in, a, not in a weak way. This is strengths because the idea of this is that these are people who, um, they, they, care, they care deeply about people. Um, they uh, internalize feelings, but, uh, they, uh, but they, have, they have a sensitive feelings toward people. They have a good way of reading people, I believe, sometimes. says sensitive perfectionist. Perfectionist is another one. Uh, thank God for the uh, melancholies that keep things straight and good and neat and clean and so forth, keep projects. Uh, a cleric keeps it on task, but a melancholy helps keep it um, organized and not a wreck. Uh, another strength of a melancholy is being a faithful friend, being a faithful friend. It's harder to find a friend more faithful than a melancholy temperament. Uh, Self-sacrificing. Self-sacrificing is another trait uh, and strength of a uh, melancholy temperament. Uh, a couple uh, quick strengths of the phlegmatic, witty, being very witty. Uh, their humor is a strength. Uh, dependability, um, cheerful, good nature, uh, dependable, they're steady. Uh, another strength of, or of uh, phlegmatic is that they are efficient, uh, very practical, and well organized. So there, that goes into more explanation, but I'll get some of these printed out if you're interested in that. Then quickly to hit these weaknesses. Now these, the reason I'm doing this because these weaknesses head into our text in Galatians chapter number five in just a moment. The weaknesses of the sanguine, uh, restless, restless, uh, weak-willed, egotistical, emotionally unstable. Um, and when we get into Galatians five, here's what I want to emphasize for the sanguine. Uh, when we, what we're, what we're going to be looking at today is the fruit of the Spirit. But for the sanguine, temperance, which what's another word for temperance? Anyone? Self-control. Yeah, self-control is a good one. Uh, that, that's actually probably the best. That's what it means to self-control, uh, temperance. Um, so for the sanguine, since their weakness is being weak-willed, restless, egotistical, emotionally unstable, temperance is the fruit of the Spirit that that we need the most. Um, also, long-suffering, faith, peace, and goodness. And so uh, that's the weakness of the sanguine, briefly. There's a whole page on it. Weaknesses of the choleric, hot-tempered, hot-tempered, cruel, cruel, uh, impetuous, uh, you know, stubborn and not getting their way, uh, tenacious, impetuous, Self-sufficient, uh, being self-sufficient. And that's tough with being a cleric because uh, we need to obviously rely on the Lord. Of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, what do you think some of the fruit of the Spirit that would be good for a cleric? Love. That's right. Uh, love. And, of course, we, when we talk about love, we talk about that. It's not, 
This isn't Phileo Love. And Phileo Love is great, by the way. It's not that Phileo Love is not good. Phileo Love is wonderful. Uh, but this agape love uh, of love, um, joy, peace, gentleness, long-suffering is another one that's good for um, all of us, but choleric, uh, and goodness. All right, so those are a couple there. And I want to say that, like, when we get into this, I think I'll be mentioning about around when we, the very first fruit of the Spirit is love. And so uh, I know in my notes it goes along and says uh, how that love is something that cholerics need. But I'll say that I believe, really, we'll, I believe we can see how every temperament needs love because, uh, again, the, the sanguine is known for being loving, caring, compassionate person. But at the same time, they can also be very self-centered in their love. It's, 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 it's a quote-unquote, it can be a quote-unquote love only if it's benefiting me in the moment. It can be like that, and so love in every way. Um, the weaknesses of a melancholy. Now, uh, since, I'm, since much, you know, especially what I printed off today, I just printed off straight from Tim LaHaye. Tim LaHaye, uh, being an author, and as you can imagine, a man that's written many, many books, uh, that right there a lot of times is a big hint to what, what, his, uh, what one of his main temperament types are. Anybody? Melancholy. And this is funny because when I was doing this, it's like I, I don't know if you can't see from where you are, but when I, pr I printed off the, the weaknesses of the sanguine, uh, the weaknesses of the choleric, but when I printed off the weaknesses of the melancholy, I had to do it like at font eight, just so I could get it all on one page. Uh, and I thought, what's the deal with that? But then I thought, here's a good case study. A melan surprise, surprise, a melancholy writer What's he going to spend the most time on the weaknesses? The weaknesses of my melancholy. Uh, and so he has an extensive, uh, it's not that the list is longer, it's just that it's more detailed, which is also interesting for a melancholy. Because really, the only main points he hits is that uh, the weaknesses of a melancholy is that they can be self-centered. Can be self-centered. Also pessimistic. Can be pessimistic, moody, moody, and revengeful, revengeful. So uh, that goes into there. Oh, so fruit of the spirit. Uh, what's some good fruit of the spirit for melancholy? Joy, absolutely. Peace, another good one. And we could name all of them for all of them, honestly. But we can see that. And then also uh, he adds that uh, that melancholy may want to really attempt through God's grace to take heed to the instruction of 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. All right. Then lastly, phlegmatic. Uh, and this one I was able to put right back up to a 10 with the font. Uh, but the weaknesses of the phlegmatic, uh, slow and lazy, uh, selfish and stubborn, and also indecisive. Uh, and there's some typos here because it's 9.30 when I'm trying to get these done and printed out. So it's, but uh, if you're interested in looking at these strengths or weaknesses, we'll get some of these uh, copied and uh, available to you. All right. Okay, so now in Galatians chapter number 5, let's look and we're going to begin reading in verse number 16. Being who God made me to be. Why are you the way that you are? I, I, I could say this because God wants you the way you are. The God, God has a purpose for you the way that you are. Um, quit trying, quit wishing you were a different temperament. 
Quit hating your temperament. And everything give thanks. And this doesn't just go to melancholy that I just mentioned because honestly, uh, most every temperament, I often say this, I don't know if choleric really ever feels this way, but, uh, but most every other temperament wishes they were another temperament. Choleric may be when they, uh, depending on what their other, um, their offsetting or their uh, other temperament blend is. Because I, I do want to say, remember when we went through all the blends, we went through just these in particular, uh, you know, just like we just did, choleric, sanguine, uh, melancholy, phlegmatic, uh, and nobody fits one of those just to the T. You may be close, but nobody's just 100% any of these things. So we started looking at the blends of each one, 12 blends. But remember in the blends, to save from doing an extensive number of blends, the, the, the description we gave of the blends was a 60-40 ratio. So even in that, few people would, would say, that's me to a T. Um, some of us will, because I believe that's pretty, pretty close to my blend, but others won't. Uh, but, but the main point is helping to identify these things, helping to accept and say, you know what, this is the way God made me. These are my weaknesses, but these are my strengths. And folks, what it really comes down to is, the, the, I'm glad that God hasn't left living the Christian life up to us. Let me just say that. I'm glad that God has not left us glorifying him just up to us uh, all, all on our own. And so the, the whole idea of the temperament study is to see what it, what it is to have a spirit-controlled temperament. Isn't it wonderful that as we went through every temperament, we were able to look at people that were used greatly of God uh, no matter what temperament type they had? Because I want to say that because it's really easy to look at yourself and think, I struggled with this for years, and therefore that's why I'm so amazed all the time, by the way, I must add. I struggled with for years. How could God ever use me? How could God ever use somebody like me? I'm such a mess. You know, I've got these weaknesses, and uh, I don't, how could God ever use me? Uh, it, it went from me thinking that God couldn't use me uh, to, uh, to God using me, and me still being amazed at God using me. Has anybody ever been so blessed of God that they're just waiting for the hammer to drop? Okay, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? But I'm just like, I don't, I, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this family. I don't deserve this life. I do not deserve to be a part of this church and be pastoring this church. I'm just like, Pretty soon, you want to you know something? This sounds very, I don't know, it sounds very melancholy. I don't know if it is. But, but I really feel that way. And, and by the way, I'll say on that, most people were agreeing on that because I think we know ourselves. No matter what our temperament is, we know our weaknesses. Um, I'll tell you the worst thing ever. I, I feel, here's how bad I, I, I am. I, I've shared this with some people before. I don't know where this fits in, but just bear with me. Uh, uh, whenever, whenever God found, I told you when God first laid South Dakota on my heart, I was like, okay, great. I'll go to Montana. Because <laughs> it's like, uh, there's a need out west. It's like I was just trying to ignore. I don't want to go there. I want to go, if I'm going to the U.S., man, I want to go out, you know, to this big, beautiful, mountainous and forest country, you know, somewhere in the from, from Montana on northwest is where I was calling and inquiring. Long story short, that was my initial reaction. But when God really settled in my heart that he wanted me to come to South Dakota, I'm just like, I'm so excited. I remember it like it was yesterday, how excited I was. I mean, I, I was rejoicing. I was praising the Lord. I was shouting. And then I would stop and think, man, is, am, this seems too good to be true. I would just kind of check myself. This seems too good to be true. 
And then I can remember that I can remember just as plain as day. We were flying out of Raleigh, North Carolina, and uh, we we I, I went out of the hotel room. Mel, Melanie was with me. The, the Hannah and Caitlin were just little things, and I went out of the hotel room to get a bucket of ice. And I remember as I was coming to a bucket of ice, there was a plane flying overhead. We were staying at one of, at, at an airport hotel, and and I just I just looked up there and thought to myself, "This is it, and I deserve it. I deserve this." God's let me think that he's going to call and use me, and then he's going to kill me in a plane tomorrow. I kid you not. And, and you know what? I just said, that's fine, Lord. I accept that. And my family was going to go down with me, but she was saved, and the kids were little, and it was awful. Uh, but I kid you not. That, yeah, <laughs> just like Melanie says, you shouldn't tell everything, Jesse. Uh, but I'm just telling you, I really, seriously, I thought that that's what was happening, and I accepted that that's what was going to happen. Because it made sense to me. I mean, that sounds about right. Uh, but here I am, and, and, and as far as I know, maybe that's what's going on. Maybe I did die in that plane crash, and this is just heaven. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's just Isle, all right? But uh, no, not really. But, uh, but, but the point of the matter is, is I, I can't believe uh, you say, what does that have to do with anything? Well, the, the point is just this. Being amazed that God could use us and understanding that if you ever find yourself thinking that you're worthless, that you've failed God, that you, you know, God's been so good to you and you just keep messing it up. If you've ever struggled with that, look around you at other people that struggle with it, okay? Look around you at these other balls of mud I like uh, what uh, Charles Worley said. It was a real theological statement where the Bible says uh, that he remembers our frame. He knows that we are dust, uh, the Bible says. And Charles Worley used to say uh, that we're just all mud buddies, mud buddies. We're just all uh, made of the same stuff. We're just dust, and God knows. However, the good news is this. It's not left up to this old wretched man that I am. That's kind of been one of the themes and hearts of our studies all along. Hallelujah, it's not left up to, O wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ my Lord. And so that's how we can all be delivered. That's how any of us can be uh, ever used of God. And so through the power of the Holy Spirit of God, He's the one. He's the one who will empower us. He's the one that will work and use our strengths for his glory and honor. It's not us uh, wisely figuring it out, but it's us getting educated and allowing God to work. And so uh, without any further introduction, let's get into Galatians 5 verse 16 where the Bible says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And lust is just simply desire, what the flesh wants to do. You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, 
strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So I'm sure somewhere along those things we just listed, you'll find a few of your weaknesses uh, listed in there, okay? But uh, the Bible goes on to say in verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against there is no law. And we'll stop reading right there. And I'm going to try to just uh, cover uh, just a, one or two of these this morning, the fruit of the Spirit, because this is what's going to help. Um, this is what's going to give us the victory. This is what's going to give us the victory through Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus, the Spirit of God working in us through the Word of God to help us not fulfill the desires of the flesh not to give in to those weaknesses. Now, does that mean that if we get this right, if we're spirit-filled, we'll never sin again or we'll never fail again? No, it doesn't mean that at all. I'm glad the Bible says walk in the Spirit. You know, uh, walk is, a, you, it's progressive, isn't it? It's just one foot in the other. I mean, in front of the other. It's, uh, it's, it's just baby steps sometimes. Uh, and as, so as we go through, we're just taking steps. Well, you know what? Uh, if you are walking somewhere and you stumble along the way, if you trip along your way, uh, if you're like my wife and you go into my office to try to turn the light on and you hit your uh, toe on something I've thrown in the floor uh, in my office as a single flamatic, I don't know that, I'll just pick that in there and pick it up later. Uh, sometimes you might hit your toe, sometimes you may stumble, sometimes you may trip. Uh, and that's the way walking is sometimes because as we've seen, he says the battle that we face here. So, but we're walking. It doesn't mean that we're always going to be perfect, but by God's grace, listen, I love what the Bible says in the book of uh, Proverbs. I love it. It's one, one of my favorite verses. Um, I've got to mark it down in my mind where the Bible says, though a good man falls seven times, what's the Bible say he'll do? Rise up again. Rise up again. You get thrown off the horse, what do you do? You dust yourself off, you get back on. You fall, you get back up. You get knocked down, you get back up. <laughs> I mean, uh, we, we, we don't, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of us sometimes we'll just fall and we like to wallow around for a little bit, don't we? Uh, but still, isn't, isn't God good? You got back up, amen. <laughs> you still got back up by the grace of God, and that's kind of how the, the, the Christian life can be sometimes. But when we think about the, the, the working of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit-filled temperament, doesn't have weaknesses. Instead, it has all nine encompassing uh, strengths. This is God's resource for the human weakness, uh, we, uh, human weaknesses that result from the fall in the Garden of Eden. Anyone filled with the Holy Spirit, whether sanguine, choleric, melancholy, or phlegmatic, is going to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. Spirit-filled Christians will have their own natural strengths maintaining their individuality but they will not be dominated by their natural weaknesses um, and and i think that's key is that if we are walking in the spirit we will not be dominated by the flesh dominated by the weaknesses of our temperament they'll be there they'll be fighting constantly the bible says that that the flesh lusteth against the spirit the spirit against the flesh it's a it's it's a battle but 
uh, the, the, I, believe, I believe one of the key words there is domination. We will not be dominated. Now, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? What, what's, uh, anybody ever heard a really good description of what it means to be filled with the Spirit? What would you say? Control. That's honestly, that is, that, is the, that is the most theological definition of what it is to be filled with the Spirit, under the control of the Spirit. Um, what's that? That's a good question. How much of the Holy Spirit do you have? You have all of him, right? God doesn't come in pieces, uh, as some seem to teach. If, if you have the Holy Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit. But we know the Holy Spirit can be grieved. He can be quenched. Um, and so to be filled with the Spirit of God is to surrender to God. And it is to catch our weaknesses. And by the way, some of these weaknesses are just straight up, they really are weaknesses. But what we've got to know is that sometimes our weaknesses lead to sin. And we, one of the things that has become, a, 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 I don't know how long it's been a thing, but people don't like to call sin, sin, right? You look in our society today. Uh, there, it used to be called fornication. You know, shacking up was a, a, another word that was, uh, you know, a, a negative connotation along with fornication with two people living together that weren't married. But what's it called now? Yeah, just living together. I mean, whatever. I mean, uh, you, you can just go right down the list, you know. Uh, uh, you know, sodomy. Oh, it's homosexuality. Uh, you know, and, and it's just all these different ways. The, the, the Bible says it's a, that, that you're a drunkard. Oh, no, I'm just an alcoholic, or I've just got a drinking problem. It's, uh, you know, we, we give in to lust. Oh, this is just a little weakness of mine. No, we need to learn to call sin, sin. So I believe a part of walking in the Spirit is when our weaknesses that may and may not of themselves they, they result from sin, but they're not sin in and of themselves, but they lead, they're, they're the result of sin, therefore they may lead to sin. When we sin, we need to learn to start confessing it as sin to God. Um, not excusing it, not just glossing it over, but just saying, Lord, I was prideful here. I was rude. I was arrogant. Um, I was, uh, you know, w whatever it may be. I was lazy. Uh, I was self-sufficient. Here, I wasn't trusting you. I was putting confidence in the flesh. Lord, and I pray you forgive me for that. I recognize it. I'm going to uh, confess it for what it is. Uh, I'm going to confess it. If there's somebody else involved that my sin affected, if I need to apologize to that person, get it right with somebody else, I'm going to get it right with somebody else. Um, that's a part of it. Not trying to one of, the, one of the greatest dangers that happens, I believe it happens in good churches and in the lives of good Christians, and that is that we, even in a church like this to where we really try to encourage transparency and everything, man, we still sometimes want to try to um, hide our weaknesses. I mean, it's natural, right? We want to hide our weaknesses. We want to hide our flaws. We want to hide our sins. But the Bible says, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper. Um, and so sometimes if we're not careful, we just, we, we almost try to start putting on this facade and for others, and eventually it's almost like we have this on for ourselves as well, and we start off by trying to deceive others, we end up deceiving ourselves, and before, before you know it, you can almost be trying to deceive God by justifying your sin and your actions before God. 
But confess it as sin, get it right, call it what it is, and say, Lord, help me. Um, take advantage, man. I, you, you know the way I've learned to try to look at things? When I see myself for who I really am, what are what's some of the things that help remind us of our sinful nature? Failure, failure. There's one. Let's get let's get another one. Somebody else, failure. Spouse, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, uh, what's that? Conscience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, how about trials? Trials. Okay, and what, what Ron? That's right. Yeah, yeah, we do. And that's one of the big things about walking in the Spirit. It's not, uh, it's not, it's not like salvation to where it's just a once and for all thing. Man, I've, I've, I'm filled with the Spirit, and so I'm going to be filled with the Spirit. We, we will, just like DJ mentioned, we will, the Holy Spirit will indwell us uh, for the rest of our time here, amen, until we have our glorified bodies and go to heaven. Um, the Holy Spirit will indwell us, but that doesn't mean He's going to be in control of us all that time. To be, it's for us to be filled. What I, what I would encourage you on is this. When you, are, when you do fail and your sin, you're reminded of who you are. When you go through a trial and you're reminded of who you are, and, and I'll just give you a quick example, a quick quote that just stuck with me. Uh, so, uh, I thought it was such a great quote and such a great truth that someone said that, that that adversity will introduce us to ourselves. Adversity will introduce us to ourselves. There's another way to say it. If, uh, if you've got a container that's full, when it gets jostled and shaken, what comes out of that container? Whatever's in there. Uh, I'm, I'm the worst. Melanie's like, why don't you just get a bigger coffee cup? You know what I do? I fill that coffee cup up to where like there's about one thirty-second uh, of an inch. Is that a proper measurement? I'm, I'm famous for throwing out some wrong measurements, but one thirty-second, and and here I come. And 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 without fail, you know, I stumble, or you don't. You, there's not much room for error there. And sure enough, there's going to be coffee spilled. All the time. Why don't you get a, get a bigger cup? You know what I told her? Because you know what I do with a bigger cup? I'd fill it up just the same. I would. Uh, but. Uh, but, but, the, but the point I'm trying to make is this. What you get jostled, when, what, what comes out of that cup is what it's full of. So when you get jostled, when you get shaken, what comes out? D anger? Uh, bitterness? Frustration? Whatever it is. And so adversity will introduce you to yourself. I can remember, I remember, and I say that, and I cannot talk about that story without remembering me being in one of the toughest trials that I remember being in in my life. And I can remember as I, I was laying in bed and I was contemplating and I was thinking some really bad stuff. Uh, and just to be really honest with you, I was going back and forth between harming some people, harming other people, and harming myself and or both. That's how bad of a place that I'd gotten into. I thought about, man, I, th th this, I could just, I could do this. And I'm just sitting there contemplating, like, how I could put a hurting on these people. Yeah, and get away with it, exactly. They'd never know it was me. Uh, and 
Then I was, I shouldn't tell this stuff, should I? I don't know, but anyway. Uh, then, but then I was honestly, just, just to be totally honest, and I was seriously thinking, and I mean, this is awful, but I was seriously thinking about, man, I'm not even going to say this, but I'll just say harming myself. Uh, I know it's on the, the, the whole world, but yeah, it's going out on live, so, so I'll not say it, but I'll just say, I'll say it this way without being so graphic. Hopefully I'm, the, hopefully, I'm the only person that's thought this, but I, I'm afraid that I'm not. I'll harm myself. That'll show them. I'll harm myself. Then they'll see. Then they'll feel guilty. Then they'll feel bad for what they've done to me. That's terrible, isn't it? Um, hopefully, you've never felt that way. But I'm just telling you, I was struggling with some stuff. And in that moment... It's almost as if God just went like this with a mirror and let me see myself. He said, you see this? See, because the, the hotter the fire, the deeper it goes down and gets those impurities out. He said, this is, a th this is what's inside of you. This is who you are. He said, what did you do? I humbled myself with a broken heart and said, God, please forgive me. Uh, please help me. God, I forgive them. Uh, I, please forgive me. And here, here's the, and it, it may have been more of a process than that, but that's the, the, the basic result. I'm saying all that to say this. However it is that you, you're reminded of who you are, you know what that's actually an opportunity to do? To look at yourself and say, thank God. Thank God. Because this is who I am. I am inherently evil. Uh, and wicked. That is my old nature, but Lord, I thank you that you would love me, that you would forgive somebody like me, and that you would be willing to use somebody like me. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I thank you. Lord, this reminds me. Boy, I, I, was, I was a little high on my horse there for a while. I really thought I was something. Lord, thanks for reminding me of who I am, and that any goodness that there is comes through you. So, we don't always like ourselves and like who we are, but the, the, because what, what do we do otherwise? We're, we're, we're reminded of who we are. <gasps> I can't believe that I'm a sinner. And the rest of our lives, I can't believe it, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm a sin and it's like, wait a second, man. Did you you knew that? That's that's not what you do with that knowledge. What you do with that knowledge is you take it and say, Lord, God, forgive me, and, and I just want to give my life to you if you can you and by the way, you want to know something else I remember God making clear to me back in those days? That God I, I used to be so amazed, Ralph. I used to be so amazed, and I still am, that God would save a sinner like me. That God would save me as bad as a person. I was just a kid, but I was still a wicked, wretched person. God would save me as, as bad as a person as I was, Ron. But after being saved now for uh, 28 years, that don't seem right. But after being saved for a long time now, I'm actually more amazed. Not that God would save me with the person I was, but that he would save me knowing the person that I would be on whatever date this is in August 2020. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. 
Just, if we just think logically for a minute, are you really just want to beat yourself up over this? I mean, no. Just say, you know what? Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Amen. And, um, and, and go on. And so that's, that's what we do uh, when we're reminded of ourselves, reminded of who, when, when it talks about the works of the flesh here in Galatians chapter number 5. Then he goes on, of course, to give the fruit of the Spirit. Is that clock right? Is it 1045? All right. Um, so uh, who needs notes anyway, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, um, but, but next week we'll try to at least maybe hit and, and just remind us of the need. And, and I know that many of us are familiar with the fruit of the Spirit, but I pray that we won't ever let our familiarity with the biblical subject especially uh, rob us of the rich value of that. Amen. And so we're going to end with that, and that way the recording stops, but I'll just uh, let Ralph make his pointer question.